You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio, from the word to life. Hey, we've been sharing with you all morning our upcoming conversation with author Jonathan Griffiths about the book God Alone, his unique attributes and how knowing them can change us. He is lead pastor at Metropolitan Bible Church up in Ottawa, Canada, and he is here to discuss this with us to understand how we can know God better and, and understanding him really changes who we are. And so we just want to say good morning to you, Jonathan. Welcome. Thanks for joining us, man. Well, thank you so much, Steve and, and Kelly, for having me. It's great to be with you. You know, when I think about God, Jonathan, I, I mean, he is, I, 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 there's no way my human mind can wrap itself around the complexities of who he is, but I, I recognize there's always more that I could dig into to know him better, and you state that we really don't know God as we should and probably not as well as we could, and I recognize there's always more that I could do to apply myself to knowing him better, but but talk about that. Unpack that statement more that we don't know God as we should. Well, I think it's, first of all, in, in, in the first instance, a personal reflection. I think as I entered into the, the study that underlies this this new book, I really had a sense that when it came to the attributes of God, my my knowledge was partial, and there was so much more in the Scripture that was 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 yet to be discovered for me. And as I thought about our congregation here in in Ottawa and some of the other ministry involvements I had, I, I, I really felt that this is a wider need that we have at the present time. You know, you look out on the on the Christian marketplace in terms of books that are being produced and so on, and so many helpful things, but very often focused on our kind of immediate and felt needs. You know, I've got a, I've got a, a parenting challenge or a financial challenge or, 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 you know, whatever it is, and we all, all, all have those different needs, and we want to address them and think them through. But so often the underlying issue for us in our discipleship and in our, our, our faith walk is that our knowledge of who God is, is is deficient, or it's it's thin, and so much comes into right perspective when we know God better and know Him as He is revealed in the Bible. So, th- so that's the that's the the impetus, that's the drive underlying this project. Well, share too about the attributes of who God is. You know, we we know that we have general revelation and specific revelation because he reveals to us his character through his word. Let's talk about the attributes of God. Share a little bit about that. Yeah, delighted to do that. I mean, traditionally, theologians have kind of divided the attributes of God into two categories and used language which is a little bit unfamiliar to us, but, 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 but quite helpful. There, there are, on, on the one hand, the incommunicable attributes of God, and that's the focus of this book, actually, but, but the, the attributes of God that are unique to him as God, and he, he doesn't share with his people, he doesn't share with his creatures. Um, so attributes like his eternality, and his omnipotence and his omnipresence and so on. These things are, are true of God and, and, and won't ever be true of us. 
uh, in the same way that they're true of him. And then there are his communicable attributes in, in his character, his goodness, his love, his justice, his mercy. And, and those are, are, are attributes that as we come into relationship with God through Jesus Christ, he grows in us by his spirit. So those are communicable to us. They are shareable with us in that sense through the gospel. Uh, and through the work of the Spirit. But the focus of this book um, is the incommunicable attributes of God, and so the idea in this book is, is, to, is to stand back, to sit back, and look at God simply for who He is. And, and, and the invitation really is to wonder at who He is, to worship Him, to praise Him, and, and it's my conviction, I think the teaching of the Bible, that doing that will indeed change us as we behold God in, in, his, in his beauty and His wonder and His uniqueness. Well, well, share a little bit, if you would, Jonathan, how do we stand back and look at him just for who he is? Because, you know, part of my challenge in in coming to know God is, yes, I remember the first time I was very young, first time I ever read the Bible all the way through, I just fell in love with God. And maybe that was the first time I could say I stood back and looked at him just for for who he is in my very limited understanding. That's all it took for me to fall in love with him. But then I wanted to dig deeper, and somewhere in there I got lost in in theology, things I just didn't understand, and it muddied the waters for me. But I wanted to understand, and and now, you know, I I, I can tend to run myself in circles trying to understand more of who he is. How do we stand back and just look at him for who he is how, mm. how do we do that yeah yeah no it's a great it's a great question and, and kelly in the, in the way that you just articulated your journey there in just a few seconds you know it's 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 so good and wholesome and right the the experience you had so you said you know you started with the bible and and that's absolutely foundational because we only know god as he has made himself known through his word and through the person of his son the lord jesus christ and any other attempt to figure out who God is, is is going to lead us down a dead-end trail. It's actually going to take us to idolatry, because we're going to form a God of our own imagining. And, uh, and, and we're inclined to do that. We want a God who is convenient to us, who is manageable in size, who is probably a fair bit like us. That's what we tend toward when we start imagining. And you know, you, you sometimes have these conversations with folk who don't, who don't know the Lord, and, and, and they might say something like, you know, I like to think of God as being like dot, dot, dot. And you think, oh, we're in trouble here, <laughs> when it's I like to think of God as being... But, but no, for the Christian, it is God has spoken in His Word, and we, we read his word, and through the help of the Holy Spirit, we behold him with the eyes of faith through his word. And we got to do that, but, and, and you said that's where your journey started, and, and then you spoke of reaching a point of saying, there's so much more, I'm getting, I'm getting deep into theology here, and the deeper I go, the more I realize I kind of don't know. Uh, and, and I think that's also actually a very wholesome experience, because one of the, one of the chapters in the book actually focuses on the idea that God is incomprehensible, and that's been a, that's been a, a really a tenet of faith um, down through the centuries for believers, because we recognize that if God is God, if he is as majestic and big and glorious as we believe he is, um, that we will reach a point where, where there, are, there are truths about God, realities in him, which, which we cannot fully comprehend. We, we know him truly through his word, but we don't know him exhaustively because he is God and, and we're finite creatures. So I think we have to reach that point as well. 
You know, Jonathan, sometimes, uh, you know, our walk with uh, Christ, it, it ebbs and it flows. We are closer at certain times in life. We are more distant at other times in life. How can somebody who is pretty deep into their walk with Christ, but maybe is in that part where they are flowing away, how can they get reinvigorated and find new understanding and, you know, uh, have a fresh encounter with God? What, what are some things that you would encourage them to do? Well, you know, in a, in, a, in a real sense, the way in which we begin is the way in which we continue in the knowledge of God. And, I, you know, I, I really want to encourage myself and encourage others to, to, to recognize, remember, and see that the Scriptures are very, very deep and very, very rich in their revelation of God, in their presentation of who God is. And so, you know, we, we begin in our, in our walk with the Lord as we encounter Him in His Word, and we grow in our walk with the Lord as we encounter Him in His Word. And, and so often, if we're going through times of spiritual dryness, as it were, you know, we will find that there is uh, a correlation uh, between that sense in our heart and our own uh, involvement in the study of the Word of God, our own daily reading of the Word of God. And I just, I just want to, I just want to say, if we're feeling that way, let's go deeper into the Word. Let's get back to the Word. Let's go in expectantly and prayerfully, asking that God would show us more of Himself. And and I think that's a prayer He delights to answer. And in, in his kindness, we, we do then have these seasons of refreshment where he, he makes known more of himself to us through his word, and we're reinvigorated. And I think that's, that's part of the ebb and flow and, and the rhythm of the Christian life. And we're talking with Jonathan Griffiths. He's author of the book God Alone. Um, Jonathan... I wanted to ask you, too, you know, if, um, well, first of all, I want to talk about the consequences of failing to know God properly, because, you know, you can be a Christian for a while, and say, we go through different seasons in our, our walk with Christ, and if you don't spend that time daily in God's Word, getting to know Him and, and understand Him as well as you can, and, and, and pray to Him to open your mind to understand Him even more deeply, if you're relying simply on your pastor's message every week, and, and that is the extent of your effort to know God, sooner or later, I think you're going to start to experience a spiritual dryness because you're not applying yourself to a relationship with him. So dryness to me, a spiritual dryness is one consequence of failing to know God properly. What else begins to happen when you you fail to apply yourself to know him? Yeah, I, I, I think lots of things can happen, lots of consequences can flow from that. But, you know, as a general observation, I, I think I would say when we, when we give real study to the attributes of God, and especially to the incommunicable attributes of God, you know, we get a sense of His, his bigness, His grandeur, His majesty, His power. You know, we think about His eternality, His omnipresence, His omnipotence. We really start to grasp these truths. And what it does is it expands our vision of who God is, expands our vision of His glory. And, and, And when that happens, I think there are two, essentially two responses in our heart. One is that we are, we are humbled before Him. You know, we realize how very small we are. And that, that causes us in, you know, in our heart of hearts to bow, our, bow the knee to him and to, to worship and praise him. And it, it puts everything in context in a, in a right and a wholesome way. But I think alongside that, it increases our trust 
And this is vitally important because at the end of the day, you know, life brings lots of ups and downs, lots of challenges. We will go through dark valleys. And we need to be equipped and prepared with a very big vision of who God is if we are going to trust him through all the ups and downs of life. And, you know, if, if we're believers at all, if we're Christians at all, I think we will sign up to saying that we believe God is omnipotent. He is all-powerful, nothing in the universe beyond his power. We'll sign up to that creedily, um, but when we face very deep trials in life, you know, impossible situations, and I, I, I can only imagine that among listeners this morning there will be those who are saying, yes, that's exactly where I am. That is my situation today. I'm in an impossible situation. I don't see a way out of this. And uh, in the midst of that season and that situation, you know, we really have to ask the question, do I believe that God is powerful enough for this? And of course he is. He is. That's, that's the doctrine of his omnipotence. But we, we need to believe it, not just creedily, not just academically, but in our heart of hearts. You know, Jonathan, one of the things uh, that I enjoyed about this was that you do include a downloadable study guide for this. And one of the questions in the study guide that you make, you have this statement in the book, I'm going to quote from the book, where you say, we must humbly accept what we do not know. We must be responsive to what we do know. And finally, we must be hungry to know more. Talk to us a little bit about the responsive to what we do know. You know, there's often in our life where we we know certain things, even about our own self and our sinful nature, but yet we don't respond to that. Talk about the danger for the Christian when we don't respond to things that we are fully knowledgeable about, whether it is God or whether it's our relationship to him. What's the danger for us there? Yeah, that's a, it's a great question. In a sense, underlying that question that you refer to, and, and that, that theme within the book is a very important Bible verse that I'm sure will be familiar to you and, and many listeners, but it's so vital for this conversation. I've got in mind here Deuteronomy 29.29, which says that the, the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may follow all the words of this law. And that is a very fascinating Bible verse and a very, very important one to know and to hold to, because it says to us that there are essentially two categories of knowledge, uh, two categories of knowledge of God. Uh, on the one hand are the things that um, are secret, that God has chosen not to reveal to us. And, and we can't imagine what those things are. Um, they're secret, but, but we believe that there are many things that God has not revealed to us in his wisdom mm -hmm. and in his sovereignty. So there's a, there's a class of knowledge that is secret, and in humility and faith, we need to accept that and say, God is God, we are not God. He is at liberty to, to tell us what he wishes to tell us. But there's another category of knowledge, and that, that is the, the revealed things things that God has chosen to make known to us through his word, through the person of Jesus Christ in the creation. And those things are given for a specific purpose. And, and we tend to think God has made things known to us in order to satisfy our intellectual curiosity. After all, we've got all kinds of important questions, and we want answers. In fact, we might demand answers. And uh, if God doesn't satisfy us with his answers, you know, we may choose not to follow him. That's the sort of consumerist approach. But that's not actually the reason he has made things known. Deuteronomy 29.29 29 says that he has revealed certain things to us 
uh, and to our children forever, which is a very lovely statement, in order that we may follow all the words of this law in, in a word that is obedience. He has, he has made things known to us in order that we may obey him, um, in order that we might submit our lives to him uh, and, and trust and follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and that, that sets things in a very helpful perspective. It's humbling, but it also gives us a framework now for knowledge and for understanding and for divine revelation, and it's immensely helpful. Mm. Oh, man, thank you for that. I hope that does inspire. I know there are many people who are listening, and that is a situation where we do find ourselves sometimes closer, sometimes further, but sometimes in denial, you know, so so that's an important message. Thank you. Jonathan, this has been such a great conversation. We have bumped up against our time, though, and uh, before we let you get on your way today, uh, first of all, thank you for spending the time with us. And um, if you've just tuned in, by the way, we've been talking with Jonathan Griffiths, author of the book, God Alone, His Unique Attributes and How Knowing Them Changes Us. You can find this book at moodypublishers.com. And um, I just want to know, Jonathan, before we let you off the phone, any any final word of encouragement to our Moody Radio listening family as far as where they may begin today to know God as he is to the degree that he has revealed himself. Well, the wonderful thing about the knowledge of God is that um, there, there's a wonderful depth uh, to that knowledge that we will never plumb the side of heaven in this life. But as we begin to come to know who God is through the gospel of Jesus Christ, we can know him truly. Even, you know, my children at Sunday school, younger children, I, I, they can come to know God truly, and, and in His kindness, I believe they do, um, through, through simple and straightforward teaching of the message of Jesus Christ. And we can make a real response, a saving response to the gospel message pre- presented ever so simply, and it's wonderful, it changes our eternity, and then we can spend our lives going deeper. And, and what a wonderful pursuit that is, and what a rich thing for us as disciples to be able to do that. Hmm. Amen to that. Jonathan yeah. Griffiths, thank you again so much. We appreciate your time today. What an oh, encouragement. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio, from the Word to Life.